there are events that test our mettle and our resolve. As we move through this crisis, how are we coping, adapting, fighting on? Join us for local stories of perseverance, creativity, and contributing to community as we showcase Detroit area leaders who share their thoughts and stories and discuss how they and their organizations are managing adversity and serving others. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward and Metro Detroiters who are pivoting, evolving, and moving ahead. Welcome to Michigan Motors Forward. I'm John Gay. If you've been in any deli worth its salt, you've probably seen Cy Ginsburg Jewish corned beef. The brand is owned by E.W. Grobel & Sons. They've been in Detroit since 1883. And I'm joined today by the president of the company, Jason Grobel. Jason, thanks for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure, John. Thanks for having us on. So you've been doing a lot in the community as Metro Detroit battles coronavirus, and I want to ask you certainly about that. But first, I want to ask you, Jason, about the business itself. Your company supplies food to both restaurants and to grocery stores. How have you had to change your business model over these last couple months? That's a great question. First of all, most people aren't aware that in the United States, approximately, this is recently switched to only a couple of years ago, the restaurant business is outpaced supermarket business. So right now, before this coronavirus situation, it was about 52% of the food was consumed at a restaurants and 48 at the supermarket. Mm-hmm. Well, because of all the changes we've had to endure, the restaurant business has dropped to as low as 10%, making supermarkets have to pick up an amazing amount of slack. Sure. And uh, so when people see things like all the overcrowding at the supermarket and they think of people as hoarding, yeah, there may be some hoarding going on, but it's a legitimate problem because if we were going to stay this way, we would literally have to build twice as many supermarkets in the whole United States. Wow. As well as the whole warehouse distribution. So all of them are completely overtaxed, which is why they can't keep the shelves full. Mm -hmm. Now we are up the chain a little bit. So at EW Global with the Cy Ginsburg, we have some retail. A lot of it is restaurant. And so some supermarket products, a lot is restaurant. And then we have other brands, the Global's brands and Topers Pickles and some others. But altogether, our business was about 50-50 as well. Not every food processor is. Some food processors do exclusively supermarket and exclusively restaurant. So we just happen to be that same balance now, our business is way down on the restaurant side, but it's been picked up, fortunately for us, on the uh, supermarket side. The bottom line, though, is it's important for people to remember, and there's a lot of talk going out as everybody's concerned about what's going on and practicing safe, but food processors are as important as any other frontline providers in this battle that we're going through. They're just as important as the supermarkets themselves who deliver the food. But if it's not for the food processors or farmers, there's no food to deliver. People don't realize if they're not running and operating and our employees aren't coming in, then there will be nothing for those shelves. Right. We're talking a different story, right? Sure. Just most people aren't aware of it. They think, well, you know, it's great that the supermarket's open, but they got to get their stuff from somewhere. And trust me, they have to give deliveries every day, twice a day. Their warehouses aren't even big enough to last more than a day to what the stores need. Right. 
So you've had to redeploy resources from the restaurant side to the supermarket side now. How does that work for you? Exactly. And so we have to shift in products, the way we're making the products, just like whether it be companies that were making other things and shifting to making things necessary for health workers, whether it be personal protective equipment and such, we've had to take our processing lines and make tweaks so that we can make more of the supermarket packaged goods, you know, in place of the production we're not running, which is for the restaurant goods. So we've had to make those adjustments. So for some of our chains, we're making prepackaged roasts, unprocessed pot roasts and things like that. That's not an item that we normally make. We normally make just corned beef. We're still selling a lot of the corned beef, which is sold in the supermarket to take home and boil style. You know, normally the sales drops after St. Pat's and, and after Easter. It's kind of slow right now. It's been very brisk because it's a popular item that people use and it's good comfort food to cook at home. I was going to ask you about St. Patrick's Day, Jason, if that was a big, you know, obviously this would be a bad time for any time for something like this to hit, but in that uh, sense of St. Patrick's Day, but it sounds like you've been able to pivot in that way with that boiled corned beef, St. Patrick's Day and Easter and all that, that it's just a matter of reworking the way it comes out as opposed to relying on the restaurants. Right. And that's our story. But at the same time, those restaurant partners of ours, they're part of our family. We, we consider right. our family and they're suffering severely through this. Although we shipped out those goods to our distributors and some to the restaurants and bars that serve the St. Patrick's Day parties, those parties didn't happen. So they're stuck with a lot of product. And so that, that's been a challenge and we're remaining and trying to be very supportive with them as they struggle for their own survival right now. Right. And as restaurants are looking to struggle for their own survival, so are a lot of folks here in Southeast Michigan in Metro Detroit. I know Grobel and Sons has been in Detroit since 1883. And being part of this amazing community for so long, you guys have taken it upon yourselves to work with Forgotten Harvest and some other organizations to help those who really are food insecure right now. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. We've always supported Forgotten Harvest, but never to this level and we saw this need and and they were trying to put together a massive amount of food kits we donated uh an entire forty thousand pound truckload of corned beef wow we had it frozen so that they can use it over time as they need it and see fit and they have freezers there so that's how they store goods there they're the best at getting and finding the food to get to the right point, the greatest point of need. That does kind of speak to your company and the way you look at things to be able to sort of reach out and help out those in need right now. We have been blessed. We've been in business for 137 years. And so we go we go way back, 1883, believe it or not. It's, it's almost hard to believe. I tell people there's a couple of milestones. That was the year the Brooklyn Bridge in New York <laughs> was open for traffic in 1883. It was also five years before major cities were electrified in the United States, if you can believe that. That does go back quite a ways. <laughs> yeah. We've been very fortunate is the bottom line, and we're just glad to help. And we want to encourage and support anyone and everyone who can help, because the folks that have the least amount tend to be hurt the most in these difficult, challenging situations. 
We appreciate you helping Michigan motor forward. Last thing I want to ask you about, Jason, is the book that you've written, Leading America Back to Work, Reimagining Today's Workplace. What lessons have you taken from writing that book that are applying to the current situation that we're in right now? Well, very many. It's a book about adaptability. That's the beautiful story of that book. It is a book that can allow us to reinvent our economy as we go forward. A lot of things are going to change. And one of my favorite lines in the book is this. You know, everybody talks about the employee. There's being a skills gap yeah. for employees in the marketplace. I believe there's a skills gap, but I think the skills gap is at the entrepreneurial level. Hmm. I think the businesses are lacking the skills to figure out how to redesign the jobs to enable the available workforce to be highly effective. And if Henry Ford were alive today, he'd slap us all. He's <laughs> kind of that kind of guy in the first place, but true. <laughs> he was not the nicest guy, but you know, God bless him. But more importantly, what he did over a hundred years ago was re reinvent the whole process. And more than everybody thinks the biggest thing that he did was to make automobiles on a production line. Yeah, that was great. But the bigger thing within that that he did was he took farmhands from the South who had no mechanical experience or they weren't master mechanics, mechanics in any way. And on virtually doing this process a completely different way, on day one, they were 20 times more productive than a master mechanic doing it the old way. That's an irrefutable fact. And that's, I think, the thing that people don't fully appreciate. And we can still today change the way we do things. I don't care what business it is. Look at even in the testing, isn't that the number one thing everybody's talking about, you know, getting more testing for COVID-19? We need a Henry Ford mentality approach to changing the whole world of testing so that you basically go through a drive through you stick your hand out the car window and it gets pricked. And by the time you're at the other end, it's analyzed everything and spits out pills that are custom designed for you and you drive off. You haven't talked with anybody and your account's automatically built. Now, okay, that's a grand vision. But the point is, this can be done in all sorts of ways. We need to be less reliant on folks like China to provide and make our medicines, certainly our foods, <laughs> you know, as well as all of our protective gear and many of those kinds of things. And I believe we can bring much of that here and or other more trusted partners around the world and do it in a way that is sustainable, efficient, and most importantly, strategically sound and safe, because we know during these times and challenging times, which that's just part of life, they happen. Mm -hmm. We didn't ask for this. Nobody asked for it, but we're here and we have to respond to it. Got it. Jason Grobel from EW Grobel & Sons, we appreciate what you're doing in terms of reinventing your business, as you've just mentioned, and then also what you've done with Forgotten Harvest, helping those that are in need during this difficult time. We appreciate you helping Michigan Motor Forward. Thank you for the time today, and best of luck to you. Thank you, John. And uh, as always, everyone, stay safe. Don't forget, practice safe distancing and wash your hands often. And as always, have a happy, safe, great rest of your day. 
Michigan Motors Forward is produced by Jag and Detroit Podcasts in partnership with Tanner Friedman Strategic Communications. Subscribe for free on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever fine podcasts are found.